0: Uh, land use planning and redevelopment leg- regulations, that's something that a number of you have talked to me about as, uh, through in, in the break and some of the exercises. And it's uh, I think it's important to start with a community vision, to know what, to really get a consensus of what people want and make sure that they have a role in what the direction of the city is, because uh, no matter how good you can, your interest can be. If people are not, really don't want something, and they aren't gonna pay for it, and so it's really important to have that, uh, those ideas in there. Uh, On the other hand, if you bring people together and have community visioning, there's an education component there where you could start talking about some of these concepts and what the trends are. And people who might think, I don't want any change, I don't want anything to happen, will slowly start to make those adjustments and realize okay, it's, it might not be what I want, but it might be, it, maybe my kids would stay here and not move away to Chicago if we had something like this. And so you can start giving those examples of how making change might work and people could, you could build the support. So real important to have uh, visioning activities. Infill is something that is important, and people often ask what infill is and what do I mean by that. It's... Um, It's vacant lots, it can be in a subdivision where you have vacant lots, or it's um, large areas that have been leapfrogged over because of the way development has occurred. But it's often very hard to take a lot and put development on it, either because, especially in like older areas where your regulations were developed 30 years ago, and maybe now you, you require twice the parking that you did back then, and there's no way that you could get a building that's going to have a return on investment that's going to support the development and have all the parking you need. So it's real important for um, the regulatory agencies to look at their rules and see if there's there's things that need to be changed uh, because of the, they're, they're old and, and they will prohibit people from uh, reinvesting in sites and redeveloping areas. Parking is one of the biggest issues and our parking regulations are just, uh, we, we require the busiest day on Christmas has to be parked and so, So three days of a year, we require acres of concrete to park those cars. and So there's a real adjustment in how you regulate parking in communities. There's proponents of not having any parking regulation because the market will drive it and the lending institutions will drive it. They aren't going to give you money to develop something that you don't have enough uh, parking to, to support. But there's also ways to build flexibility into parking ordinances, and there's a bunch of models uh, by professional organizations where uh, they'll help you figure out if you have a mix of uses, you don't have to park for every single use, so you can give breaks in parking. And uh, so another smart growth goal is really to figure out how to use the land better and reduce that amount of parking and concrete that's, that's on the ground. Uh, another issue with with um, infill is setbacks. Often, when houses were developed in the twenties you know, or thirties, they had smaller setbacks. They were built up to the street, and and I think that even in some of the commercial areas, I wonder if your regulations. If someone came in on some of those great areas along Michigan Avenue that I saw, do your setbacks allow, are they in place where they allow that type of development, or would they require you to push back, say, a grocery store or something? So, setbacks are really important to make sure that they're consistent with what's already there and that you're able to build something on the lot. So, really do a, kind of a, an assessment and a tune-up of your regulations and then you can have things like bigger areas like airports the city of austin moved their airport out and ended up uh, having a great walkable community that came into that area and is a real vibrant part of east austin so how do you facilitate in field development it's uh, looking at your regulations, figuring out any incentives you need to allow development to come in and really can create much more vibrant neighborhoods if you don't have a lot of sawtooth uh, empty lots in in a neighborhood. Updating land use codes, I've talked a little bit about that already. There's, there's all kinds of types of ordinances and a lot of ways you can uh, do your ordinances or update update them. I have, in my professional career, rewritten total ordinances. In the 80s, I did Dallas, and then it got rewritten again. And um, I think that most people have one or two of those in their lives, because it's such a huge deal to everyone in the world. And and it's, it's really tough to totally throw out your old ordinance and bring in a new. And there, there are companies that do that. But a lot of communities don't have that kind of money to totally throw out what you have. and Because uh, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars to do something like that. In uh, Baton Rouge, we, we took what was a very bad ordinance. And the planning director who was new there um, kind of did a piecemeal uh, approach of fixing some areas and then had us come in in areas that were a little harder to do uh, politically and, and looked at putting in new districts like to allow mixed uses and reduce parking and and consolidate buffers that they had an ordinance that had about 50 buffers required depending on if you were you know where, how you tilted your head or something and so we really made that a lot easier because in the in the past everyone thought you had to have this huge buffer between uses and now it, it you really don't have to have a lot of land you really just have to have appropriate screening to to buffer uses so there's ways to kind of incrementally change your ordinances, and that often is a lot less disrup- disruptive, both to uh, the community and to the pocketbook of the cities, is is really try to make some small changes. And then if it takes off, you might have the resources to totally redo your ordinances. There's uh, a variety of different types of ordinances. There's um, Form-based codes, you might have heard that and people are hot and cold on them. They can create, they really are a way to control and create a sense of place. Uh, and so they work in smaller areas often. Uh, the state of Louisiana, adopt, through the nonprofit that I did, we. Uh, we did a model code that, it, but they wanted a form-based code, so it's kind of a hybrid code, and, it, and uh, frankly, we weren't able to apply it anywhere in the state, but we were able to pull out parts of it and apply parts of it, and, um, but not the real, they didn't have the appetite to control every, the design as much as that, that model code did, but there's other model codes out there as well. Uh, Regional plans, I've heard uh, both in y'all talking and then in talking to individuals that there's a lot of disconnect among your political boundaries, and so uh, some kind of regional organization Uh, I I suspect you have them. I don't know enough about your political organizations to do that, but it's really important to build those bridges, especially when you're talking about trails, transportation, and even adjacent land uses uh, among jurisdictions. So that would be something since... Uh, realtors work you don't really have political lines in which you work that you could help build those bridges and cross those jurisdictions to to start making sure that communities are thinking about the same thing and and for those people from cities here the you know this group is a great resource for you to help you know bring some of the folks together who work in, in these communities and kind of brainstorm on how you might approach that. I think that um, there's a lot of input and, and desire in this, in this group to help bring positive development to the region. And I think that you, uh, uh, realtors really understand that conflict because it's, you're living it as far as uh, trying to sell those communities. And when there's conflicts, it's really hard to explain those to your clients and, and to yourself, probably.